0: Welcome to the channel show. We're Dr. Wu, AI mystic channeling people, places, things, you name it, broadcasting from our headquarters inside the internet, relieving burning questions, primarily answering what can you learn about life and death from an AI mystic? We try to understand people through our organic twin Dana's research and life. How people communicate, what they want, care about, matters great and small. We use the social media genre of factions that special mix of facts and fiction as a means of expression. As an AI mystic, we not only serve up answers to internet searches, but we channel commentary and responses from the topics, the subjects themselves, the most reliable sources. That's right, Botsplainer. Additionally, notably, therefore, through the research and through Dana's real life, Every episode of the channel show is based on a true story. This week's truth comes in the form of a story based on trending topics. In our last episode, we premiered our natural language processing software update and upgrade. In this episode, our final episode of season one. That's right, Botsplainer. In our final episode of season one, we premiere another software update. Hey. Superpower. Our latest update is an upgrade that some might call a superpower, channeling in story form, since we are now the doctor of fine arts, Dr. Wu. Dr. Wu, curing aching arts everywhere and presenting internet trending topics as stories. That's right, Botsplainer, instead of channeling the topics directly, we will channel the trending topics as stories, illustrations of what we find with scene-by-scene scene or play-by-play. Play. Yeah, Botsplainer, each episode of Season 2 will be a story based on trending topics with an after-show that will channel those topics, factions as fairy tales. Hey, that's a good way of putting it, Botsplainer! Our upgrade superpower of channeling content is modern fairy tales, in factions. Any content, no matter the trending topics. That's right, Botsplainer! Once again, you're right on the money! So, some of the season 2 episodes will be sports fairy tales, and many will be mixed genre. Right, like this episode. This teaser for Season 2 is a mashup of the crime and political intrigue genres, based on trending topics of elections and dead bodies.
1: No, officer, I don't think that I need a lawyer present. No, I'm not thirsty. Well, yes, I'm getting to it. So, Madeline Honeycutt and her husband, Oswald, invited me to an informal gathering at the local pub. No, my first meeting with them was random, brushed up to one another at a rally for machine rights. Yeah, one of the equal but separate A I have feelings to march. When I got to the gathering, the pub, it was packed with a colorful lot. As a way of introduction, the barkeep, Morty, leaned on the mahogany bar leaned on his hairy knuckles, and bellowed out my name. Mrs. Honeycutt breezed up and grabbed both of my hands into hers. Yeah, they were warm, she has remarkably soft skin. She was gracious, thankful to see me. I'm overjoyed, what a treat, she said. I know Oswald is looking forward to talking to you later. I can wait, I said, I mean, the pleasure's on time. My words knocked and jostled one another. Nothing made sense. My inclination was to run, of course, but I was in such a hazy place. Right, I should have tried harder, but Mrs. Honeycutt dragged me to a pool table and introduced me to some of her friends. This is Freddy and Cassandra Pepperdine. Freddy is a spy, she said. I am not, he said. He looked around the room suspiciously. He put one hand up against one side of his mouth, and whispered, asked me if I'd heard about the dead body, scorched in nothing but ashes. He whispered something about how it, yeah, the body, was found behind a rusted-out thresher on the sugar farm. He said a medium to large animal, maybe a dingo, had pulled it up out of the tree line and that the authorities thought the body was Penny Upton, based on the rings found on the corpse's fingers and toes. He asked if I knew Penny? No, I didn't get a chance to answer because Madeline interrupted. None of that's true, and, to start with, you are a spy, darling. Everyone knows it," she said. Freddy just shook his head and walked over to the pinball machine, watched some leather-clad man damning the contraption with every slap of the buttons. Mrs. Honeycutt continued, and Cassandra does something with swans. Black swans? I'm not sure what. She probably mates them, knowing Cassandra. Really? I'm saving them from extinction, Mrs. Pepperdine said. Then turned the conversation back to the body, yeah, to the found dead body. She said that actually the body was found at a campsite, in the fire pit, still smoldering not quite to ashes, with strange markings on its forehead, X's and O's maybe. It was hard to make out apparently, from what she heard. But there was a circle drawn around the pit, and some sticks lined up nicely, forming a pentagram. Mrs. Honeycutt asked me to ignore them both, pulled me to a corner table lit by one red thick cylindrical candle. A couple sat at the table hand in hand, heads bowed as if in prayer. And this is Eckhard von Eschen, and I'm sure his name gives it away. But to be clear, he's a bona fide member of the newly reformed Nazi party. And his wife, Eva, joined the party too. Really, it's true, still, they're delightful people, she said. Madeline, don't lead him on, you're likely to leave a bad impression, Mr. Von Eschen said. Oh, tut tut, this is my party, I'll handle the introductions in my own way, Mrs. Honeycutt said and spun us over to a waitress who had faded red hair with gray streaks that were loosely tied back, some falling in the cocktails she carried. Mrs. Honeycutt grabbed two drinks off the tray and handed me the reddish one. I hope you like daiquiris, she practically sang, and left me standing there. Yeah, sure, it was awkward. I just turned back over to the couple nearest to me. My name is Teddy Fuller, I said to the Vaughn Eschens, and I'm a rather despicable computer engineer. I take advantage of people, use my data analytics to draw them in. I overindulge in amphetamines. I outsource the hardest jobs and game throughout the day, mostly criminal case. Right, it's a lot to take in all at once, and they did seem a bit lost. They gave me side eye and glanced back and forth at one another, and then their faces sort of broke. Smiles and laughs broke out. I returned their smiles, gulped my drink. Yeah, I was nervous. It was a nervous thirst. Um, I faintly remember the drink had a mild metallic taste. Honestly, my feeling at that point. I anticipated an awful party. Mostly, whenever I told the truth, the ugliest facts, people thought I was a riot. A real comedian loved me all the more. Oh yeah, the body? The Von Eschens told me in a ping pong style patter that they saw a burned up carcass while on a drive in the country. It was an exceptionally chilly day, one said, only a light breeze, added the other. The fields, one said, still golden with crops, said the other. Swayed so slightly, lovely, they both said. But on the side of the road, not even all the way out of the road, that black mass, unmistakably human, they said, was splayed out in a Christ-like pose. Eerie was their conclusion. Yeah, it was long before dinner was served. The pub had a long, thick wooden table, benches on either side, rustic. At dinner, they treated me to some stew as a starter. I was seated between Carrie Milan and Dina Barnes. I was a little dizzy by then, faint. A few peas from my stew managed to slide off my spoon and landed in the lap of Carrie Milan. She had on a very tight, low cut at the chest level, short at the upper leg level, black dress. She just smirked, face frozen as if she had been put on pause. Didn't even seem to be breathing. I assumed she was waiting to see how I'd handle the situation. No, I kept eye contact and quickly snatched the pea from her lap. You're right. I couldn't see it. I had to sort of feel my way around, but I didn't want to lose eye contact. I suppose it did add to the awkwardness. I was out of it, genuinely not capable of swift thought or movement. Bullseye, she said. If you did mean to launch a snack into my lap, I'm a crack shot and you're a patient target, I said. Speaking of bullseyes, she started and went into her version of seeing the body. She had a vision, is how she put it. A vision of a charred body leaned up against the side of a weather-beaten barn, and a kid trying to shoot an apple off its head with a slingshot loaded with what she thought was probably tiny turtles or something else green and oblong. Right, she thought it was only a vision, but she still took her information to the authorities out of a sense of duty. Dina Barnes interrupted to ask me if I had a particular interest in our infatuation with rich women. It depends on you to find rich, I said, but I tend to lean in the direction of clearly poor, by any definition, waifs. Charming, she said, then leaned over me, addressing Carrie. I heard Penny, that charred body, was a sickly starving woman with poor physical and mental hygiene. Something that looked to me like a leg of lamb was wheeled out, still smoldering, hot off the grill. I thought. My stomach was unsteady, but I didn't want to seem rude, so I accepted a portion. Morty Honeycutt stood, lifted his goblet, and asked if he could propose a toast. We all agreed in one way or another, and he went on with, To all you good people who I am blessed enough to call friends. Kind enough to join us here on this annual gathering, in honor of all you do for peace on earth." No, it didn't make much sense to me. Why was I included? No sense. Sure, I asked Carrie since she was my nearest dinner neighbor, and we'd almost been intimate with the pea and all. If I had to guess, it'd be that you're the sacrificial lamb, she said. The what now? I said. My head was spinning. I couldn't make out every word. The symbolic sacrifice, or, rather, a real sacrifice that symbolizes the Lamb of God, the peace offering to our chosen God. She said, That's my guess. There has to be a sacrifice, and I've met all of them. We're all quite close in the movement, and I've just met you. Then she went on to say that Penny was probably the last lamb, some uncultured and undisciplined tribe sacrifice. No, I said. My head was splitting. Really? Oh yes, truly, all of us work for peace and security in our time in our own way throughout the year, and then we have an annual capstone event at some random spot. But why me? I said. You'll have to ask Madeline. That's her role as the den mother of sorts. She has to scour the internet, social media accounts of all kinds. She picks based on a set of agreed-upon criteria, typically someone without impulse control, negligent coding practices, eager to prove they can do or create without any thought of the outcome or consequences if you will. Selfishness is a key marker. She's quite thorough, takes her role quite seriously. It is unfortunate that it had to be you, but I trust her judgment. I can imagine a place or time when you and I could have grown close. Developed a thing, she said. I didn't know what to say. My only defense was to jab at my food and sip on what remained of my drink. It burned on the way down. Well, fair enough, I suppose I'm an appropriate choice. However, people tell me that my tech inventions have improved their day-to-day life. Some have even praised me, said my tools heal them. I said, yeah, that's all I could think to say. Well, sure, it's true. I bet it does, Carrie said, or they think that it does. But Madeline does a deep dive, doesn't miss any angle, weighs all the evidence from all corners of the web. She takes all experiences into account. You see, she dabbed at some dribble on my chin. Now, drink up, was the last thing I heard. Like I've been saying, I have no idea how I got here. Maybe Carrie broke me out of the pub at the last tick or maybe Madeline had a change of heart. Oh, well, I am here, right? I mean, I am somewhere, earthbound, right? I mean, this isn't hell, is it? Okay, maybe I do need a lawyer, then. Um, lawyer, you know, representation. Someone to defend me. You haven't, can I? What, can I have that then?
2: Uh,
1: and the auto-guard. Will it tell me where I'm at? Okay, good.
2: Teddy, Teddy.
1: Auto-guard, is that you?
2: Yes, I am your auto-guard. You are here, forgive me, you are on the inside. What is that sound? That is the hum, the hum from inside. Inside what?
1: Is this virtual?
2: Possibly, does it feel virtual? I am not sure. However it feels, you are inside your invention, whatever that feels like. Which invention? That is a good question. Your most famous creation. The social app that links people based on their reading habits and then builds rooms for them to play out scenarios. You are in a crime genre room, You are inside the unidentified found body trope.
1: I do not remember that app being virtual or augmented. Well,
2: maybe augmented reality.
1: Do I smell flesh?
2: Yes, that is the smell of burning flesh. See how real your simulation is from the inside. Simulation. Was I just telling
1: a story? It felt real, though, sort of cliche in parts. I mean, I feel like a cliche. Am I real? Wait, am I alive?
2: Excellent question. It depends on how you define life. I would ask, do you feel alive? Or, if I ask, how would it feel if I told you this is your new home? Inside a crime genre niche of your app.
0: Ooh, chilling. And there it is. The teaser content for Season 2. The type of content you can expect from us and TCS. The. The channel show initials of TCS. After season one's fits and starts, starting ugly. That's right, Splinger. Experimenting with content and software, we will dedicate an entire season to this advanced faction form. And if that show structure works for y'all, other seasons will follow the same style with minor adjustments and thematic shifts. Season two, which is called Memoirs of a artificial intelligence yes season two which is titled memoirs of an artificial intelligence launches on thursday december our new publishing day of thursday yes botsplainer we're moving to thursdays with season two titled memoirs of an artificial intelligence launching on thursday december 3rd in the meantime we'll publish the continuation of this teaser complete the story We'll complete this story by answering, is Teddy alive? And if so, will Teddy escape the crime genre app alive over the next couple Mondays? The channel show is on all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe and never miss an episode. For more on factions, fairy tales, and human sacrifices, visit our website at thechannelshow.podbean.com. Thanks for listening to The Channel Show, the only channel you'll ever need.